I'm Lauren. And I'm Amy. Welcome, Welcome to Birth Bars. <laughs> Thank you for going all the way to North Carolina so you could get some decent internet. Yeah, you got it. I mean, actually, I, uh, I'm, I'm currently in North Carolina, my North Carolina home. That's what we'll call it now. We have internet on every, we have a router on every floor. But a huge tropical storm is rolling in and we have dish satellite, like a dish Wi-Fi here. So it's a, there's a good chance that if the weather picks up, I'm just going to disappear. And so then Annie will just have to talk to herself about all of her should plans a, and accolades. Should be a thrilling podcast. It really should. <laughs> I'm but Annie, yes. And I'm here. And I'm here. And I'm training hard mm-hmm. in a bubble, in a yeah. vacuum forever to do things in a vacuum. Yeah. So don't get lost in the Outer Banks. Outer Banks, right? Yeah. We're actually in like the most remote part of the Outer Banks that you can go to. We, if you drive north from Buck, which is the northernmost city in the Outer Banks, and go to an island with no roads called Corolla, that's where I am. I'm in a, I am a one Toyota block away. Corolla. <laughs> a Toyota Corolla would not have made it here. You need four wheel drive just to come here. And we're one block away from a nature preserve or wildlife preserve where there are wild horses, which is pretty cool. That's really awesome. And I'm glad you get to do some escapism, which we all need. It does make you sound like you're an on-location weather report reporter to be like, I'm here on the water banks where we're yes. going to preserve and a tropical storm is rolling in. So yeah, Well, it's, it's a lot like that. Because I mean, I went running this morning at like 1030 and it was 75 with oppressive sun and 95% humidity. And it is now like 55 and pouring. So. Whoa. I know you've been keeping up your run streak while you're there. So first off, which day of your run streak are you on? 200 and bloody blue. 200 bloody blue, it's pretty good. I don't actually know. I always type this in. How many days since March 16th, which is what everyone has been asking on the internet. It's like one of the top hits. Okay, so today was 215 days. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and your runs, your runs there have been... Uh, on sand what it the suffering is so real um yeah if you run in quote the neighborhoods it's just it's just soft deep sand and so i've been going to the wildlife preserve where it's kind of hard packed sand with some crabgrass on top yeah i know it's luxurious um there's something that was called a bike path on the map and i went there and my bike like immediately scorpioned into deep sand and uh, it's just dead stopped. Awesome. Not exactly a bike path, but yeah. But, the, to, but to clarify, you're having a lovely time. I am. I'm also working. So it's not like total vacation. It's more like living elsewhere for a little bit. Yeah, but that's the theme of the year. My, my family is, I shouldn't even, I don't know if I should say this yet, but I'm going to say it anyway. We're considering living as a family in another country in January. Why not? Now's the time to do it when there's no competing priorities. Or conversely in Hawking Hills. So those are the options right now. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. We spend a lot of time together drinking alcohol. That's what I think. Nobody melted down. I think I was the, I think I was probably the worst of everybody. I just can't handle communal living after being alone for so long. Like, I don't want to make decisions with other people. I get that. 
we missed the beginning of our special where we talk about what's in your drink. What's, what's in, in your, your drink? drink? Today, I'm, I'm keeping it pretty chill because I'll probably still work some after we have wrapped mm. up today. Mm. So I'm still on my steady diet of Mountain Dew Zero. Oh, poison. And, and my filthy Nalgene. <laughs> okay, yum. I've got a little Pinot Grigio. Mm. And then I have some multi-surface cleaner that I Ooh. use to spray my dog in the eyes. No, it's water. It's water. Calm your titty. And I also have some water for myself. And then should, in the giant Nalgene that I found on the ground. I oh, should but, say I did get banged yesterday. Mm, haven't gotten banged in weeks. I haven't. I haven't had bang in a long time and I had like uh, a headache. Like it felt like, it, it felt like a blood rush for like six hours. So I didn't even finish the can. That's how far I've fallen on the caffeine consumption. But that's, I've that's never okay. finished a whole one. Never. I, I think I would have to be hospitalized. I've literally never made it all the way through one. Um, I never. used to drink a whole can and then I split into two separate beings um, fully, you know, self-aware and self-sustaining. So I sent the second Annie away and promised not to drink a whole can of Bang again. So, but well, okay, so just I, I stopped Mountain myself Zero. just short yesterday. Um, but yeah, and then other beginning of show things, super important, yes. our new Patreon. Yes. So uh, we we have some, as we do every time, some lovely people that have decided to support us on Patreon and throw us a couple bucks or more than a few, more than a few couple bucks um, each month. So thank you to our new Patreons, Doug Fisher. Oh, yay. My biking buddy. Mr. Brian Gatons, uh, one of our a adventure racing oh. peeps. So thanks, Brian. Um, yay. And uh, Katie Montmayer. So Thanks, Katie. Oh, wow. Nice crew. Nice Y'all are crew. great. Y'all are great. I'll be sending out your swag and stickers um, shortly. Uh, trips to the post office have been infrequent since, you know, when did you say March 16th? But it's coming. Mm -hmm. I promise they're coming. Um, today. Oh, you know what? I have other nonsense to share first before we talk. Oh, great. Before we, yeah, please Before give we me. talk about current events or things that have happened since you ran the Berkeley Fall Classic, I have to share a dream I had last night that was related to Burf Barf. Are you ready to, are you ready to hear? I'm yep. so glad. A, I'm so glad that you've chosen to come to Take come a to good Burf chunk Barf. of Pinot Grige first. I will. Um, okay. So last night, so, so I do not have the... Uh, extent of dreams that you do like i think that you have like you have a solid two to three dreams that you remember every night. and or lucid in every day would pay so much money not to have them yeah and i think you referenced a somebody some personality that talked about when i go to sleep i just want to go to sleep i don't want to go to sleep and build a log cabin yeah no mitch hedberg says i i, I want to sleep i don't want to have to build a go-kart with my ex-landlord Exactly. Uh, my dream is still not of that caliber, but I remembered it. So that's great. And I woke up, I not only thought in the dream, or I not only thought when I woke up, I need to remember not to forget this. In the dream, I was telling someone about the dream to make sure that I didn't remember the dream. So I don't think I knew the element of it earlier, but uh, you were trying to speed wrap. Yes. In the dream, I am in some kind of a college setting, which I often am 
most of the time I am in college remembering that I already have my degree and no longer need to attend college. And every time the relief is palpable, like I, I find myself being like, oh, thank goodness I don't have to go to college anymore because I have my degree. I it's forgot. So, that's so funny how different we are because in my dreams, I always dream about college too. And in my dream, I'm living in the dorms and I'm like, college again. And I'm thinking, do you think they'll notice that I'm 40? I have these dreams all the time. Like, I'm like, yeah, weasel back into college. This is where I want to be. Mine's always stress-based. It's, it's always, I need to take a test or whatever. And then, or I'm, or I'm getting a failing grade in a class and I determine that it doesn't matter because I got my degree already. That's a good feeling. Anyways, this is why I'm in a college setting because this happens often. I'm in some kind of a college setting. I'm going to say maybe a locker room for lack of a better term. And I'm waiting in line for something that two guys are already using. The best description I can think of is like two dressing rooms where their heads are sticking over the top, which those of you who are not tall enough may have never had this experience before the sensation. But I, as a, as a six foot tall woman, I have being in a dressing room when your head sticks out over the top. <laughs> and even though everybody can see you and knows that you're naked from your neck down, you still have to pretend like I'm not naked in here. I came into this dressing room to just kick it. Anyways, I'm waiting to use, I'm just going to say dressing room. And there's these two gentlemen that are using the dressing rooms while I am waiting for my turn. And the guy's names I'm going to say are Steve and Billy. And Steve can see that I am waiting in line to use this dressing room or whatever it is. And tells his friend Billy, oh, she does the podcast I've been telling you to listen to, Burf Barf. And Billy looks at me and he's like, yeah. But is it, but is it trash? Like, is it a trash podcast? Like, is it a trashy podcast? He, and his qualifying follow-up question was, what kind of ultras have you even done? What have you, what have you completed? And I, of course, with the heavy hitters first, I was like, well, I ran 200 miles over three days to win a timed race. And I've won, I've run a hundred miles 10 or more times. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. I see. So you're hard trash and i love the term hard trash so much this is what i in the uh. dream had to tell i told someone so that i would remember the dream in the dream and then also told told my husband as soon as i woke up still in bed this morning because i was like i can't trash. forget this hard trash is just hard too critical trash. i love because everyone's dreams are sort of in the lexicon of their own mind it's just something that you would say. So yeah. that was like manifested through Stephen Billy's two dudes trying on clothes at, at a college, <laughs> in a college locker room, that you, you know, you are essentially the mouthpiece for those people. And so it's just totally your brain saying these things, which absolutely kills me. I think we, not, we might need t-shirts that say yeah. hard trash. We're far. We're hard trash. What? I'm not opposed to that slogan. We've had a couple different slogans, but that one's pretty, we didn't, Arbor, Arbor wrote one for us too. I don't remember though. I'd have to go back, but yeah, hard trash. Hard trash it. is really juicy. I mean, hard hard I've, I've leaned into the hard trash zone. I mean, I'm a tough nugget, but I'm also just like, other than as you see me now, I basically haven't like brushed my hair in like seven months or like, yeah. But so you could say Burf on. Barf episode 
50 or 60, whatever, or you could call this the 50th time you should be grateful that you can't smell through a podcast. <laughs> I keep contemplating a shower before we record these and I'm like, it doesn't matter. No one can smell me. I'll just, you know, it's like putting, what do they say? Putting lipstick on a pig? Yeah. I'm a lipstick on. I'm actually clean, but I haven't been. And my mom and sister have encouraging me all week to not be clean. They're like, you are destroying your hair. Like, how, why are you washing your hair so much? Like, if you want it to be curly and PC and cute. You know because, how I feel about this. I don't think I know. hair shampoo needs to exist at all. I know, but you and your daughter have a different type of hair. Sure. Anyway, I've been told several times this week to not wash my hair, so I made it like five days. I'm very proud of you. Just salty beach babe waves. Beachy breezy waves. Just natural. Just natural. It's a natural look. Changing subjects. We've done things. We've done things. We've done things. It's not been all How unusual. Um, outer banks, dreams, and drinks. Although, wouldn't you like our lives to be? So you ran the Berkeley Fall Classic. Has it been nearly that a month now? Ages ago. Yes, it's exactly a month ago. Um, as a BFC follow-up, I got into the 2021 BFC. That's so which... bonkers because they, they took 300 people from the waiting list from last year out of like yeah. 400. There's only like spots. 100 spots left or something, which as you pointed out, there will be a lot of churn. Like inevitably there will, will be. Mm-hmm. Um, this year he did put like a hard, Laz did put a hard deadline like the end of May or something. Like if you don't drop by May, you don't get any kind of a refund, which I think is good because it encourages people yeah. to not, you know, uh, shit or get off the pot. As yeah, Doddle. I totally agree. I'm not in yet. So you know what's weird. funny? I think in previous years, I would have still been like a little bit nervous because that kind of stuff makes me really anxious. But I really, there's what, seven of you that ha- are like BFC 50K streakers, like you'll be in. I hope so. I mean, he cares about that stuff. So hopefully he'll let us in because it's gotten to the point now where it's the only race I care about. I think it's not, not by nature of the fact that it's the Barkley fall classic, but by nature of the fact that COVID whittled down my ability to race this year. So because it was the only thing that remained important to me and it's the only race I've ever streaked, it's now like the pinnacle for me of all racing. And I also just don't know, you know, you guys know this is a podcast about ultra racing. I don't know how much I like it. Oh, it's that time of year, everyone, for wanting to talk about not wanting to do anything long. <laughs> Somebody Thank write you. down I the date. You. It's October 16th. Thanks. I By November 5th, I will have committed her. Oh, wait. And you already signed you. up for an over 24 hour adventure race in the spring or exactly Ugh. 24 hours. So. Anyways, I won't give you too much guff about that. Well, there's boning involved. There is some boning. Oh, boating. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Oh, yeah. So that's BFC for 2021, which I actually need to check because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the 2021 date for USARA Nationals is out. So that has, that has grown to be a fun 
game of like which mm. will come first which, which will, will break us trash for like yeah so i haven't looked i've kind of purposely Ooh. left that as a thing to be excited about and just haven't looked yet but but i am wearing my uh virtual nationals uh adventure race shirt from this year which i'm stoked about because it's not you know yeah it's not a it's piece of shirt i'm i'm stoked about that um Weird. but other things that have happened since bfc because it is fall and this is what happens in the fall orienteering season for us is starting to come into play like not that orienteering is limited to the fall by any means but that ends up being like such a sweet spot for me for orienteering because there's less other stuff going on and it just feels really gnarly and delightfully gruesome to be orienteering in the fall and in the winter so i did a uh, 12-hour Rogaine a couple weekends ago and that was really fun and I'll get into some more detail too but I what wanted to call it was called conquer the crossroads it's put on by the Indiana orienteering club um and I was the only solo female in the 12-hour division out of 18 people and or teams that's kind of insane there's usually a better showing yeah, there was, I think there was, um, oh, and I think there was like 40 people and or teams last year. So certainly attendance was cut in, in like half. Um, and there was another female that was on a two person team. Um, but that was it. There was two of us in the 12. Um, there was quite a few more women in the six hour, including, uh, Steph Ross, who, um, her and Ben ended up sweeping first and second for the six hour. It doesn't surprise yes. me, which is just dope. Amazing, um, but it was a daytime 12 hours. So we started at nine and ended at nine. I, for the first time finished what I was doing in 11 hours, which I've never not been wigged out about the end of a race and just felt like always wring the juice out of it and, and make everyone shit their pants. Like we're going to yes. lose all the points yeah. in the world, including me. I also make myself shit my pants to be fair. Like usually even when it's me solo, I'm like, um, but I had mapped out a course for about half the points on the Rogaine map. So just to recap, because I always want to make sure that we uh, don't leave any listeners behind. So a Rogaine is a kind of orienteering event where instead of saying, hey, you go from point number one to point number two to point number three, you get a map with a bunch of checkpoints on it in different locations and you use your map and compass and you decide which control points you are going to go to and in which order. And typically you don't have to go, there's no checkpoints in spe uh, specifically that you have to go to. It's all kind of under your control. So if you go to a 12 hour row gain and you decide to go get two out of 50 checkpoints and take two hours to do it, you can. I wouldn't recommend it because you don't score very well, but if you wanted, it's very like uh, self-driven pace-wise. You can go out there. I always there. prefer a Rogaine. Yes. Um, so you can go out there as hard as you want. You can go out there as slow as you want. You have a lot of control in choosing your route and everything. Um, so that's what a Rogaine is. And in the past, Lauren and I have been, I'm going to say, Cooler map row gainers, meaning we get a row gain map and it's like this big 11 by 17 yes. sheet. And we, we do. end up covering one quarter of the map that we get. And, and stoked on that, usually. Yeah. And that's usually like, it's usually 
pushing it pretty hard and trying to navigate as best as we can, but with always with some, I'll say hefty mess ups in there and always get to the end of these row games and somebody's cleared the course and it's like, how, how they swim straight through the pond. What the fuck? Uh, really? Like, like sending space and time? When you look at the map and like, there's always like some impassable marshland and you're like, well, it would be two and a half hours to walk around it. And you just wonder like, did they just Mario star across the, the, the surface of the pond? Like, what did they do to get there? Yeah. Yeah. There's a secret that I have yet to tap into there. So I think I've, whether the two of us or me solo, I've gotten a quarter to maybe under half of the map, maybe a third of the map for every road game that I've done. So nitrograne three times. This is my second time doing Conquer the Crossroads. Like I'm just a quarter map road gainer. And so you get your maps about an hour before the event starts. You get to sit down and plot what your course is going to be and look at what your route choices may be and things like that and which control points you're going to go for. And I mapped out a route in detail for half of the row gain map. And gosh darn it, if I didn't do the half of the map that I mapped out. Wow. So I got every checkpoint that I mapped a course to, and I finished the row game with half of the map. I covered half of the map checkpoints. So for Amazing. me, I was super, super stoked. And I had, um, I had, I would say for me, minimal, which it's very uh, subjective for every navigator, but for me, minimal navigation mistakes. And the one that I did make, it wasn't, it wasn't like ones we've experienced in the past where we've gotten lost and it's been like i don't even know where we how we got here be. and yes. and that's the part where i start going let's get in the river and you start going let's get to the top of the hill to figure out always. where we are always get higher but i knew each time when i got lost where i was so just a big confidence booster and especially compared to doing this event for 2019 when it was actually in the spring i got done with that event and really felt like i have no idea how to use a usgs map which is like uh, anytime you've seen a topographical map online, it's based on the USGS topo quad map set. And it's like, there's not much detail. There no. will be rivers that are not on the map. Sometimes the quads oh, are from like 1968. And I felt like, like the fence here. Well, there was in 1968. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it's since been buried under three feet of earth. Since then they've built a dam and now there's a road and 16 yeah, houses. No, they're all nearly useless. Yeah. So i did not leave. I felt very confident using a topo, a USGS map. Um, this wow, time the dude. so I was just super, super stoked. And as we have our application into Eco Challenge, fingers crossed, along with thousands what of other teams. What do you think I'm screaming for? <laughs> what do you and think I'm thinking, giving insanity for? I'm thinking about being the lead navigator. It's nice to have these additional confidence boosters because. You know, I know I'm getting this navigation thing. I still have stuff I can work on and will continue to forever, but uh, I just love feeling really solid. And I also did 27 miles over 12 hours, which is like the mo at an orienteering Holy speed shit. or 11, 11 hours. And I haven't been running a ton. So it was just a good- That's beefy. Just, yeah, just good time on feet. I was really stoked. So wow. that was 
that was a road game event. And thanks to the Indiana club for putting on uh, an event for even just our, a small number of navigators um, that did like the 12 hour, again, the six hour division was much uh, bigger, but I ended up being seventh of 18 people, which for me, you oh. might have, you might as well have titled me world champion because that's how I felt. That's how I felt. I, I totally, I mean, do you remember the capturing of my face when I got 15th at BFC and I looked like someone had like yeah. told me it's a girl, like, uh, exactly <laughs> out of my mind. Exactly that. It's all about perspective when it comes to placing. The year oh, before, yeah. in 2019, I, at this event, I was second to last out of 48 people. So I improved quite a bit. Yeah. And you were like, that was fun. Bye. Uh-huh. No, yeah, I was like, like, well, oh, I'm no. just going to set this map on fire and see if I can close my window on my neck for the drive home. <laughs> <laughs> so this year, much better. Yeah. Um, and then the following weekend, following weekend, I think it was the one weekend or two weekends after. Yeah, no, the following weekend. Yeah. The following mm -hmm. weekend, you and I, <laughs> we, we went to an orienteering race together. So you were kind enough to go and get uh, a, per my, my requirements for hanging test. out, your fifth COVID test and get a negative result before we went to orienteering together. And more importantly, I mean, orienteering, schmorienteering, we got to take a road trip together. Oh my God. We got to drink Starbucks and eat trash and put our dirty feet on the dashboard and talk about our, our deepest, darkest secrets. It was... It was good. Mm. It was good. So more of that should be nothing like that orienteering in the winter time. So we went to the Miami Valley Orienteering Club event at the at the scout camp near John Bryan in Yellow Springs, Ohio. And there were a lot of people there. Tons. Which was awesome because I yeah, feel like a lot of lots of people should be at orienteering, especially now because it's just uh, by design, the setup is very COVID friendly because mm -hmm. there's no mass starts, you know, registration table is pretty like hands off. You can really mm -hmm. stay away from other people, um, you know, cause you're on acres and acres of land for the places that these uh, events are held at. So we went through and did the longest course they had, which granted was not like super not particularly long. No, it wasn't no. very long, um, which was kind of nice because it was like a good primer for like this I haven't been back to orienteering for nearly a full year so it was good to do a little bit of beginner stuff also there's few things I like more in this world than being at a boy scout camp it really is always just like moonrise kingdom the the charm level is, is to a hundred and there's just like cute little outdoor amphitheaters a little boathouse a little place where you shoot archery it's just like you know, the Boy Scouts have seen their ups and downs with PR and bad choices. I hope they came out on top because boy, I really like it there. <laughs> yeah, really. And uh, I thought it was really cool. There was actually, because Boy Scouts has switched to Scouts, there was female Scouts that were oh, there yeah. as part of their Scout troop, which was great because I hope to continue to see more uh uh, more than just boys in scouts yeah so. it's really old-fashioned to have girl scouts and boy scouts that's yeah. stupid yeah um, they should and, just be scouts yep and there was all there's just all always hidden treasures at scout camps mm. and like you know little gnomes sitting on toilets on cabin decks and like just <laughs> i i just i like it i and it it 
brings out that feeling of wanting to open every door and like, oh. Oh yeah, it's just really charming. So we went through really and charming. did um, the first longest course together where it was like, uh, I navigated the majority of the way, but I think you knew most of the time-ish where we were because we weren't About 70. fast. Yeah. No, no, I was with you. Yeah. And then uh, what's your thing that you wanted to remember? It, um, it is related to wanting to open every door and I'll have to tell you in a moment after we discuss orienteering. It's somewhat, it's tertiarily related. It's like Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> Much like that. And then uh, we wanted to go out to do a second course and- well, Annie we let me Fisher price it. It was, it was, it was perfect though, because we were just going to go walk and- We walked the e one of the easier courses and Annie let me navigate, which is good. I mean, almost- I would say 90% of them were on trail or on a road. So they were very, very easy to find. However, it's just good for me to know that I can find my, my orientation on a map at this point in my life. We've gotten so much better. Like, and I'm sure we will continue. Like if somebody listens to an episode of birth bar, like three years from now, and we're talking about orienteering, we have probably going to be talking about the same things. Me talking about me feeling like I'm getting a little bit better, but there's still lots of things for me to work on. And Lauren feeling like she's, she's getting the hang of it again, even though we will have grown by three years into better navigators. I think it will forever feel like this to us, which is like, that's one fine. Of the and appeals, I'm, I'm fine with being a few steps behind because I don't do these things alone. Oh. I, 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 there is no fun for me, negative one fun for me to go do orienteering or roganing alone. I would never do it for any reason. You know what though? And as I stress to you and why, again, why I think it's a good idea that you did the second uh, course run through leading the whole time is the more and more I think about eco challenge, the more and more important it seems to have a more backup than one navigator and not even like a primary navigator backups, but that we are able to split navigational uh, responsibility because uh, being able to turn your brain off and take mm -hmm. a break from navigating is super important in a day and a half race, let alone an 11 day race. race. Yeah. I think that the scale is going to be a little different. It's going to be like, well, where should we go? Well, 40 miles North in the river. Okay. Cool. No turns. Great. All right. <laughs> Hop in the billy billy and let's roll. Yeah. So I think being able to know that it's not just on one person the whole time, like I think that's how it's got to be because you and I can't even hardly remember to, I mean, just the fact that you and I can't talk while navigating, although we did talk some while navigating at this event. So that's another sign that we've got. We were better. moving in slow motion, but yeah. yes. 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 And I am, so you're doing your training by beefing up your navigational skills and I am training by um, putting myself in, gosh, maybe two or three dangerous positions in the last two months <laughs> where everything goes wrong and I, and everyone else, it's possible that everyone else is looking panicked or really pissed about the situation. And I'm just like, this is perfect. Good. This is exactly what dire we need. Straits. Yeah, where so everyone's you, tired, everyone's cold, everyone's wet, and, and a decision needs to be made. So you've saved your yourself from smashing a pontoon boat into the into the dock. I did 
two in-water rescues of kayaks and canoes in the deepest part of Hoover Dam on a cold day. Super valuable. And then the last one was just um, my, my husband and I couldn't get into our Airbnb in the middle of the night, which you doesn't a late night extraction. Sound, yeah, it yes. doesn't sound like anything, but it is definitely something when it comes to like decision making and being like the guy, kind of guy who like shoves your feelings down so that a decision can be made kind of situation. So like, just keep them coming. Yeah. Keep them coming. I got this. Solid training. Solid yeah. training. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of opening doors and being in weird, creepy places like abandoned Boy Scout camps, this island here that I'm on, Corolla, is the most bizarre, creepy peepees, like really? mystery-laden, bizarro place ever. There, so first of all, wild horses give it a certain ambiance, but also there are more varieties of mushrooms than I've ever seen in my entire life because I've never been to a beach in the fall but oh. sand is a place where mushrooms grow and I found like the indigo uh the blue milk caps I'm also in a place where military helicopters go over every hour so enjoy that so where uh, and they're like they're like eye level they're like they can look at you from the they just they're the coast guards I'm assuming but two big black military helicopters fly hot, low enough to take your kites out like every hour here. I hate Wild. I feel like I'm living on a military base. So that's part of the creepy peepees. The mushrooms, I definitely found a bunch of hallucinogenic mushrooms that didn't dry well, so no one will be eating those. But they're here and they're everywhere. And I found some blue mushrooms, which were pretty hard to find. Uh, the blue milk caps, which are one of my favorite mushrooms. Uh, also there's just, because it's so remote, there are like really gorgeous, beautiful giant houses on the water, but there's also like two blocks inland towards the marshlands. There are just abandoned trailers from like the eighties oh. and some of them seventies. And I have been climbing into them. Uh, it's not the best idea. <laughs> and like looking at weird trash from the seventies and eighties. Cool. But it, and there are definitely some that I shouldn't be keeping on because they're probably not that, not too long ago abandoned. But the place is just, it, it's almost empty. I think I've probably seen maybe two people walking on the road in seven days. Um, it's like hillbilly paradise. It's, it's very weird. Like you can't get here without a giant truck. And the only reason to be here right now is because there's good fishing for red drum oh. and red snapper. So, uh, it, it's a, tr a treasure trove of weird things, and I have been climbing all over them because I am a weird creep that likes to creep out on things. Um, I totally get it. I've seen how exciting a calendar from like 1983 is for you, so I, I get uh, it. I mean, mm, that's mm, that oh. is a that is a thing for you. I love old it. Shit, yeah. I and love old shit. People's specifically people's old shit. Yeah. Also last creepy peepee things of, of sort of orienteering, but not at all, of just being on walks and finding strange things. I was walking with my mom. We were trying to look for pine cones for her decorations. And I looked down and I saw what I thought might be a, um, a mature pop ball mushroom that had browned. And I kind of like kicked it a little bit. And I saw a human ear and I was like, <gasps> What? What is this? What, what the fuck is this? 
And then I thought that there was like, it looked like a shaved head. And I kicked it over with my sandal and it had blood on its neck. It was a mannequin doll that was made of like silicone and foam that looks like a real human face. That's hair has been shaved off and someone has put fake blood on the throat. And it's obviously been there for years and years and years that maybe someone used as a Halloween decoration. The island is super into Halloween and like spooky skeletons and pirate stuff. But I'll have to send you a picture of it because my mother and I both definitely thought we found a human head while looking for pine cones. That's one of those things where it's like, is it creepier that it, if it were a real human head or is it creepier that somebody made made one? Yes, that somebody made that. It's like that uh, dog statue that was on the golf course. Oh, yeah. On the, the old and yes. trail. And yes. we're like, I don't know what's weirder, that it's an actual dog standing there or that it's a, a mannequin or a, a statue of a dog that's placed at the edge of the golf green. Turns out it was a statue. Only more questions. More, questions. more questions. Yes. In the center of the green. I don't get it. Um, before we get to what you have on deck, which is very exciting, I would like to say a quick good luck to my new Michigan buds who will be racing the postponed event, the Quest for the Crest 50K, um, which was postponed from May 16th of this year to tomorrow. So you'll be listening to this maybe later than that. But if you guys hear me afterwards, I hope you had a a fun time. It's not a race that I want to ever run again, but I hope that you do well. Happy questing. Happy questing. Hope you shit your pants. And much love and Godspeed. Uh, shit your the, pants. The, who? But shit your pants. But shit your pants. Yeah. But shit your pants. Um, but shit. But. But shit your. But shit. But but shit your pants. <laughs> you Annie has something very exciting on deck for the spooky season. Which I'm sorry for saying that out loud. For Halloween. <laughs> The spoopy season? Uh, the spoopy yes. season. Potentially, yes. It will be very exciting. Not potentially. It will be exciting. But I am going for the Shell 2E Trace Trail FKT again this season. So uh, long-time listeners <laughs> will remember. I, I plan on butt, butt shitting my pants. Uh, last year, my effort was thwarted by... Uh, high river and heavy rains. Waist high cold water. Yeah. Like yeah these videos of you with your eyes like all methed out and you're like, this is this is what I'm walking through. This is what I'm dealing with. And she just looks down at her black capris and she is thigh deep in cold water. And I'm like, oh, this is going to slow down a little. Yeah. So the, the waist deep water was the stuff that I went through and the stuff that was higher than that is what made me stop. So if it could just not rain this year, I think that'll make a big difference. So yeah, I will be starting my Shell Twee FKT attempt starting Halloweeny. It will be a Halloweeny happenini and plan on finishing, you know, five, six, seven, seven, six, five days later. So the whole trail as it currently is, is 340 miles. I will again be going south to north. A lot of people go north to south. I'm going to go for south to north again. And we will be doing it with a skeleton crew of Andy and Arbor and doing practicing COVID safety. I won't be accepting any outside help or pacers or anything like that. So send lots of virtual assistance, no physical assistance. Um, but 
super and remind us of the current record current record for supported is six seven and a half days? i don't remember how do you days. not know this is your second attempt and you're about to leave for it i know i just know that i'm planning on doing like 100k a day so that every you know, day yeah ideally that would be that would be the plan um but yes the current fkd fkt for fully supported is seven days 11 hours so seven and a half days is the current fkt i would love to do like six and a half days okay yeah. we'll see what happens if i if i could just not get lost which I don't even like saying that out loud because it sounds so stupid to me, but like I've had to backtrack 10 miles last it's year. It's not stupid. You can be looking at something and have it make no sense to the eye, even if it's on the map. There's yep. so many times. This is, is a thing that happens to anybody, yep. to even skilled people. Yep. So if I could just, all of my miles could count in a forward motion this year, I'd be in a great, in a great spot. I have on my to-do list to reach out to our, our Columbus weatherman for a detailed forecast for, for expectations for October 31st through like November 6th. Um, because, you know, if the rivers start raising up, I'm just going to stop and try again a week later. We'll see. But no swimming, move forward in a linear fashion. Yeah. Good goals. Good yeah. goals. Also 100K a day. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm going to plan on sleeping like, and we'll probably talk more details in a future episode, maybe between now and then, but, uh, I'm only going to sleep probably like five hours a night, four to five hours a night. So I'm really going to channel my inner Michaela Osler and just yeah. enact my, uh, old lady strength, meaning like mm -hmm. the reserves of knowledge and experience I have from previous efforts. Um, and I've also just been, my training has been uh, walking my tits off essentially. So mm -hmm. I've walked a ton last year. So I've just been training walking a lot this year. So I think that'll be helpful, but who knows? we'll see. That's the fun in doing this stuff, right? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Oh, oh, I'm stoked for you. You seem to like these things. So I, I I'm glad for you. <laughs> I'm glad um, you have something. I also want to shout out, not shout out, but call out, I re-listen to, I don't re-listen to a ton of Bird Barf episodes. Not, they're great. When I choose to re-listen to them, I really enjoy it. I don't know if that's narcissistic to say, but I do. No, so I listen to the, fine. I re-listen to the Sheltwe, our Sheltwe recap episode from last year. And you, uh, after we boiled it down, you said that you wanted to be a ghost in my tent while doing the FKT. So yes. I would like you to. Uh, I can channel that again. Yes, channel your ghostness into my lodging for the FKT Damn. attempt, and that way you can participate while actually not being there. And did I yeah. say that because that was the level of involvement I wanted to have in something like this? Because that yes, sounds you right. wanted you wanted to be there, and we we were not hanging out. We didn't get to spend a lot of time together around that time last year either. So we were just jonesing for time together mm. and and determined that that would be the way that it would most mesh is for you to be like there a for everything. A ghost in the tent. Yeah. I think a ghost in the tent is the name of my memoir. <laughs> I like that a lot. Good. Well, sweet, man. I'm stoked for you. I I'm not jealous of the experience because obviously it's nothing that I want for myself, but I am jealous to have something big to do. I was yeah. Googling like 
there's like a hundred, there's an Outer Banks 100K. And unfortunately I had to work all week and I was like, could I run a hundred K in sand? I might want to die. Yeah, no, I don't need that in my life, but I, I do want something big and beefy to do. We'll find it. We'll find it over the winter. Like, yeah. Next time. We are. Oh, 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 oh.